Stephen, what's up, man? How you doing, sir? Okay, so you're known as Red. Yes, sir, I am. And your real name is Stephen? Yes, sir. Okay, Stephen, why do you enter this competition? I like competition. Okay, who are you as good as, in your opinion? The lead singer from uh, Queen. Freddie Mercury. Yes, yes, sir. All right, and what are you going to sing today? Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Is this the real life? Oh, is this just fantasy? <laughs> Call it a inside. No escape from reality. Open your eyes. Look up to the skies and see. So, Keith, why are you here? I'm here because I think I'm very entertaining and unique. I made it through the wilderness. Somehow I made it through it. Didn't know how lost I was until I found you. Keith. Yeah? Um, last year I described someone as being the worst singer in America. I think you're possibly the worst singer in the world. Keith, that was horrific, man. Well, it was you, when you said interesting and unique, you said a mouthful. Oh, my God. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. Hollywood. So I'm driving along in my car the other day and I'm blasting the radio and I don't remember exactly what I'm listening to, but the singer had this crazy unique voice. And I said, you know, if I heard this guy on any radio or on any song, I would know instantaneously who this person was because they're just that distinct. Do you know of some distinctive, unique singers in music today do any come to mind immediately for you yeah probably right off the top of the list you know folks like eddie vetter janice joplin 
Neil Young. It's stuff like, you know, just like you said, you recognize a person's voice immediately. I hear Neil Young. I'm like, click, turn that shit off. <laughs> right? Like, I know when it's a singer, I'm like, oh, yeah, ain't listening to that dude. Not going to happen. <laughs> right? And then there's some where I go, is that so-and-so? Because I don't believe that the two people got together. Right? So then I got to go do research. But yeah, I, there are voices that either is so unique, I can pick it out of a crowd. There's some voices we'll talk about later where... I can just hear the person hum and their, the resonance and the tone in their voice, bam, I know who it is. Right. Yeah. And then there's some people I've heard so much, like for me, like a Richie Cotton, I can pick Richie Cotton or Jeff Scott Soto out of anything. Nicole can, yeah. she's heard it so much cause she's been in the car. They're not super unique because there's other singers that sound like them. Yeah. It's just that I'm so used to the voice. I can pick it out. Well, that's what I was going to say. There's a difference in being familiar with a singer and the singer having just a unique voice. So I think we'll get into a lot of that as we go. Do you think that it's the singer that makes the sound or should I say the voice, not the singer? Do you think it's the voice that defines the sound of a band overall? At times, I think there's singers out there for bands that I tolerate because the rest of the band's so great. I'll take Iron Man, for example. Bruce Dickinson's great. Is he at the top 10 of my singers of all time? No. Bruce Dickinson's got a great voice and I like it, but that's not the only reason I listen to Maiden. And I don't think he's unique. I think there's a ton of other singers that sound just like Bruce. Yeah. And I think the uniqueness also has something to do with how it hits your ear. Mm -hmm. So when we came up with the idea, there was this conversation about Stephen goes, all right, you know, let's talk about unique singers. There's probably a few that come to mind. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's the phone book. I sat down. I'm like, all right, close my eyes. Let's think about unique singers. I came up with 38 without even thinking about it, looking at nothing. Right. So I think it has to do with how it specifically hits your ear yeah. that makes it unique because at times like a Getty Lee, it makes it unique to me because I don't like it. Yeah. I gotcha. We're going to dig much deeper into this because there's a lot to talk about on this, but before we do that, you know, we got to do this. <laughs> It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. So on tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight, it's being brought to you by our new sponsor, Manscaped. You know, Hollywood, the rock and roll business is a dirty business. It's full of all kinds of dirty rocker boys. At least that's what I'm told. So you would think that it's probably a pretty good idea that they practice good hygiene and grooming. And that's why I am proud to announce that we have a new sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. With Father's Day just around the corner, we have the perfect gift for that man in your life. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. See, I'm a poet and didn't even know it. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, baby. You heard that right, the Lawnmower 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. Get 20% off plus free shipping with promo code ROCKANDROLL at manscaped.com. Manscaped, 
has got you covered with these awesome products. They got trimmers, they got boxers, they got t-shirts, and they got trimming accessories, Sonny. So we are covered by Manscaped. So some of the features, the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is now available in the USA and Canada. This 7,000 RPM trimmer features skin-safe technology to keep your balls in check and has helped reduce manscaping accidents around the world. Yes, you heard me right. A new multifunction on-off switch can engage a travel lock created for the jet setter. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn on the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when you need a more precise shave. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. Additional guard links with sizes 1 through 4 are available to let you trim to your liking. And don't forget, the Lawnmower 4.0 is also waterproof. Yes, you can shave in the shower as much as you'd like. So, don't forget, get 20% off plus free shipping with promo code ROCKANDROLL at manscaped.com today. And that's important because if you've ever had a manscaping accident with that razor, you know exactly how important it is to have them skin-safe features. Go out and get your Lawnmower 4.0 and other great products from Manscaped today. Tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight is from the band Dirty Honey. They put out a record recently that really, to be quite honest, was a big surprise for me. I had gotten their EP and I liked a lot of it, but I don't know that it all resonated with me. And I thought it was a really good beginning start for this band. But this record really, really was a surprise for me. This is really a solid record from Dirty Honey, and I was actually excited about it. This will probably land in at least my top 20 records for 2021. We'll see if it goes any further. I'm still listening to it and still spending time with it, but check out this song called Tied Up.
Okay, so Dirty Honey, I listened to the EP when it came out. It was all right. Mm -hmm. This album is awesome. Uh, No doubt it ends up in my top 20. I can't imagine, because right now it'd probably end up in my top 10. So I can't imagine there's 10 or 11 records out there in the next seven months that are going to blow me away like this one. You know, they're a California band, baby. LA, formed in 2017. Uh, Singer Mark LaBelle, guitarist John Notto, bassist Justin Simoleon, and drummer Corey Coverstone. Their EP was released in 2019. Record just came out. Mark's voice to me reminded me of Mark Torian's voice from Bullet Boys with a little bit of grit and bite to it. Like he doesn't have the same smooth, sultry soul that Torian can have at times, but he does have the same tone. So when you hear him sing a little softer and it, you know, he kind of settles down a little bit, it does sound a little Bullet Boys, but when that bite comes, dude, it's got some grit that is really pleasing to the air and not annoying, but not really sleazy either. It's still rock. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, he actually reminds me just a tad bit of Anthony Corder from Tor Tora. He has that kind of sound to him. Anthony's a little bit higher vocal registry, but he reminds me of that a little bit. And I'm really excited about Dirty Honey because they're a band that's kind of doing it on their own terms. They're not on a major label. They're kind of a uh, do-it-yourself type thing, but they're really making headway and showing other bands that they can make a living playing rock and roll on their own terms. And uh, I'm super excited about that because that gives hope to other bands out there uh, in this day and age. So that's pretty cool. All right, so getting into the episode here, again, unique singers. You know, you could label it a lot of different ways. There are some in rock and hard rock, obviously. There is a ton in other genres of music. So we decided today to pick five rock and five what we're basically saying non-rock. So, you know, there's always these folks that kind of bridge between pop rock and hard rock, and then there's the folks that do R&B and all that other stuff and pop in general. We wanted to kind of, you know, spread out the love a little bit. This unique singer thing, man, if you were to ask 10 people, name a unique singer, you'd probably get 10 different answers. There's people that believe that their singer unique just because of, you know, they're familiar with them, right? They listen to them all the time, kind of like what we talked about. And then there's folks that's like, oh yeah, I can't stand that person's voice is so unique. Usually what you get out of people is I can't stand that person's voice because it's unique. You don't usually get out of people, I love that person's voice because it's unique. You just get... I love that person's voice. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, when I came up with this theme, the original idea in my head was love this singer or hate this singer. You recognize this singer's voice, no matter what style of music that they're singing. So you might be very familiar with their voice because you love this band that they're a part of, but that doesn't necessarily mean that their voice is so recognizable that you would hear them singing a a R&B tune and go, that's so-and-so, you know, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. That's kind of 
the thought process that I had uh, behind this. And uh, you mentioned Mark Torin a little bit earlier from the Bullet Boys. He's kind of a perfect example of this because I really do think that Mark has a really unique voice. I heard Mark singing this cover song with Jeff Pilson and George Lynch on their cover record, and I knew immediately that that was Mark's voice. And he sounded so good on this kind of R&B funk tune that they did. I wasn't familiar with the song at all, but I knew Mark's voice. So that's a perfect example. Yeah, the unique singer thing, if you're unique and do people care, has changed over time. When I was in school, band geeks were just nerds. Now it's cool to be a band geek, right? When I was in school, if you had glasses, everybody made fun of you. Now people wear glasses as a fashion statement. It's similar with unique singers. There's interviews out there with the Richard Marxes of the world, the Huey Lewis's of the world that were told flat out by their managers, eh, that breathy sing or that soul thing, you're, that white soul thing you're doing, eh, I don't know. That's not, that's not really what hits in the charts right now. Today, the voice and shows like that, they're looking for unique singers. They want a different spin on the same old. And, you know, even the auto-tune is also making people a little more unique because no matter what their tone is, they can kind of stay in key a little bit. It's kind of weird, but but it's changed over time. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and I think there's a difference in being a good technical singer and being a unique singer. To me, unique means they have some sort of tone or quality to their voice that's different than everything else you're hearing, or at least different than most you're hearing. You got guys, like we said, Bruce Dickinson and Jeff Tate and Rob Halford, and these guys are amazing rock singers and can hit the high registers, and technically they're brilliant, but there are a lot of people out there that can sound just like them and do sound like them. So I don't necessarily know that they're unique singers. Yeah, I think it all depends on how it hits your ear. There's no doubt. So share a couple of your rock ones. So two came to mind immediately. And the way that I approach this, I don't necessarily love all the singers that I'm going to mention today, but I think that they have unique voices. And I think that no matter what they're singing on the radio, if I don't have a video or face or name to go with it, I think I can spot these singers and say, this is so-and-so. And the first one that came to mind, I do actually love, and that's Blackie Lawless from Wasp. I think he is a completely underrated singer. You know, is he the most technical, brilliant singer? No, but he has a unique voice and a unique kind of rasp to his voice. I guess rasp is the right word, maybe growl to his voice. And he has a really nice kind of, uh, it's not a low register or a high register. He's kind of in the middle there. Uh, and it just... When he sings a song, whether it's a slow or a heavy, fast-paced song, I know it's him singing. So lead singer, lead dictator of Wasp, only original member of the band Wasp left. It's kind of his whole thing from start to finish anyway. So many great albums. I, I really do enjoy Wasp and, and Blackie singing. The second one that comes to mind, I'm not a huge fan of Quiet Riot, but I think Kevin Dubrow had a very unique voice when he was alive. And I think that might be one of the reasons that they struggled so hard to replace him when he passed away. He really does have just an interesting kind of tone to his voice. I like a lot of Quiet Riot, but I don't love that band. And I did like Shortino when he was in the band for the short stint. 
but Kevin Dubrow, you know, has a unique voice. Those are a couple that came to mind right off the top of the bat. Yeah, for me, Blackie, definitely unique. I can pick him out of a crowd, too. Blackie's got this great rock rasp, and he's one of those singers, believe it or not, you know, knowing the stuff I like, I can listen to Blackie all day. My problem with Wasp is the songwriting is not always that great, right? But if their songwriting was more to my ear, man, his voice, I could listen to all day. There is something about it that just hits my ear.
Dubrow is another animal, though. First of all, I got to say, you know, sometimes you get these guys in rock that got the rasp. Sometimes you get these guys in rock that got the sleaze. Sometimes you get these guys in rock that got the blues. Kevin's the guy that had the rock. He's got a true rock voice. He's not yelping. He's a great singer. He is not a voice I can listen to all day. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if it's the tone, the way it hits me. I'm not sure. I can take it in, you know, I can listen to a whole album, but there's not somebody I can put on loop and like, you know, mess around the house for five hours. Like that can't happen, but I can do that with Blackie. Yeah. What you got? So let me share a couple of my non-rock ones. I went with two guys that have both been in the business for almost 60 years, six, zero. And the first one I want to share is Peter Cetera. So I get it, dude. It's a rock podcast. Slow your roll. It's Peter Cetera, dude. Was that wrong? (laughs) Should I not have done that? I tell you, I got to plead ignorance on this thing because if anyone had said anything to me at all when I first started here that that sort of thing was frowned upon. (laughs) You know, because I've worked in a lot of offices and (laughs) I tell you, people do that all the time. (laughs) The guy is the crooner of all crooners. If you have not heard a Peter Cetera song in a long time, you need to go listen because the song is just, it's pretty, right? Stuff like Glory of Love is just so soothing to listen to. The guy's got tons of range. He's the only reason I ever even listened to Chicago. I actually don't even like any Chicago songs that are not sang by Peter Cetera, actually. The voice is made for number one hits. The guy can sing the phone book. Even when you uh, hear him sing with folks like Cher, who Cher's got her own unique voice, they do this duet called After All. If you really listen, Peter does a good job of kind of taming it down. He's like, okay, Cher doesn't have the same range that I have, so I'm going to tame it down when I come to the backing vocal when she's singing and she's the main singer and still make it sound good, but then as soon as she stops singing, bam, he's at the next level. Right, So he wipes the floor with her in the, on the song. There's no doubt about that. But when they sing together, he's smart enough to know that he's got to calm it down. You might not know about this, but he got into a fight at a Dodgers game in 69 and had to have his jaw wired shut. And that's why he sings the way he sings. Really? He was singing through having his jaw wired shut. It's unbelievable. And now if you kind of see him on any of these videos... He doesn't move his jaw too much, right? There's this like, he's kind of controlling the breath that's coming out of his mouth by kind of keeping his, Richie does it live a lot. And somehow it kind of saves your throat because I guess you don't have to scream. He run into a Giants fan or what? Uh, Yeah, that part I don't (laughs) rightly know. uh, (laughs) I got to tell you, Glory of Love is a mainstay on my playlist. If you don't like (laughs) Glory of Love, something's wrong with you. (laughs) (laughs) And then my second choice was Phil Collins. I'll tell you, I am not the biggest Genesis fan. Uh, I like some of the hits in the 80s. You cannot deny, though, Phil Collins has a unique voice. Deceptively high register. Can deliver a serious and a fun vocal, right? Can do ballads and sing about illegal aliens, right? Can make stuff fun. Now...
no matter what song you hear from Phil, he's not a guy that holds notes because that's not really who he is. And he's got kind of this great blend of R&B and pop in his voice. But I think what really cemented it for me, it was sometime in 1990, he was on some talk show and he had been singing now for 20 plus years, right? In 1990, whoever was doing the talk show asked him, you know, Hey, do you have like a warm up routine or blah, blah, blah. He tells a person, he goes, I gotta be honest with you. I warm up a little bit, but when I'm about to sing the first note to the crowd, I have absolutely no idea if I'm going to be in key until I start. I'm scared of that every time I go on stage, right? And I was like, okay, that's a cool dude, right? He's willing to share what's going on with him. And then when I went back and listened to like older Genesis, dude, why did they ever have Peter Gabriel sing? He sucks. I cannot handle Peter Gabriel. Phil should have been singing the entire time. The views and opinions expressed by Sonny Hollywood Pooney are not always accurate. Thank you. The answer to that is that they were much more of an art band and Peter Gabriel is definitely a uh, art person. You know, he, they did the costumes and all that. They were a much different band when Peter Gabriel was out front. They were, you know, kind of a artsy band, a uh, weird artsy type band. Yeah, that's not my thing either. I will say this. I got the opportunity to see Phil Collins live the year before last. He played one of the arenas that I just happened to work. And God, if I didn't have two rows off the stage where I was working. So I was up front and close. And to be honest, he sounded really good. He doesn't do much because he's physically not in good shape. He's got a lot of back issues. He came out on stage, sat in a chair the entire show. His son plays drums now. Of course, he's got a great band behind him, as you would think. He sounded good. I mean, the song sounded good. The hits. Oh, God, he's got hits. Hits for days. Hits a whole show. Nothing but hits. But I mean, it sounded good. I was impressed. And he didn't, you know, there was no show. He just sat there and, you know, he had a nice video backdrop behind him and everything and uh, just went through. It was basically an evening with Phil Collins. Yeah. What I mean about the serious and the fun, right? Like songs like No Son of Mine. Okay. They're a little more serious. And maybe Gabriel can pull that off. But I can tell you, Gabriel can't dance, and he can't pull off, I can't dance. Phil can pull off, I can't dance. There is a quirkiness to uh, singing fun songs. Yeah, but Gabriel had a sledgehammer, baby. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Listen, I like a lot of Peter Gabriel's solo stuff. I didn't like him with Genesis, but I did like Phil Collins solo and with Genesis. And I've found a much greater respect for Genesis in the latter years. Like as I've gotten more time and gotten older and more time to spend with some of the music, I've found a lot of music that I really appreciate much more now than I did back then. How about share some more? <laughs> you know what? I was just thinking to myself, I said, self, how about I share three more hard rock and vocalists that I think are unique? What do you think there, Hollywood? Sure. Uh, although two out of these three suck ass. Yeah, go ahead. Well, that may be, <laughs> but I'm here to tell you that these are three unique singers, all three from the Sunset Strip. And I got to tell you, these singers, if I heard anywhere else, I would absolutely know who they were. The first one on that list, Vince Neil. May not be very good live, completely agree, but this dude on record has a really unique voice. I can tell you the first time I heard Livewire on a demo tape that somebody gave me way back in early 80s something, I was like, is that a chick singing? 
is that a guy singing? I didn't know what it was. I had no clue. You know, I didn't know what he looked like then. I didn't know anything about the band then. Somebody just gave me a demo tape, said Motley Crue on it. It was like the Leather Records release of Too Fast for Love and Livewire was the first thing I heard. That was my introduction to Motley Crue. Stephen Piercy from Rat, another one that love him or hate him on record, this dude has a unique voice. And I personally don't have a problem with him on record. My problem comes when he doesn't perform up to standards and is just not good live. That's my issue. I don't think Vince Neil's ever been good live, but I've seen Stephen Piercy where he's able to sing those songs like they are on record live. And I've seen him awful and I don't like him awful, but live, if he can sing it, I like him and I like him on record. He just has a unique voice. It's a rock and roll voice. Again, not technically great, but if I hear him sing something, I know it's him.
And then third is Axl Rose. When I first heard Appetite for Destruction, when you get to It's So Easy and it's all in that sort of low register, I was like, they have two singers? I wasn't sure because Axl at times sounds like two different people completely. Hearing Axl Rose on Don Henley's I Will Not Go Quietly, there's like a solo song that he's on. He sticks out like a sore thumb. You know it's him when he's singing. And that's not a place where you would expect Axl Rose to turn up. And so I just think they're three very unique singers. Yeah, Vince, well, I've made my feelings known about Vince. Yeah. I have tolerated him because of the incredible music that was written in those first six albums, basically. Some I could take it or leave it, use it or lose it, whatever. Um, and some was really good. I tolerated it the minute he went solo. I listened to You're Invited But Your Friend Can't Come. And then after that, I was done with Vince. That song was probably the last song I heard that I could tolerate after that. That's it. I can't listen to Vince anymore. I think it only got worse hearing Karabi do some of those songs because I'm like, oh my God, you can have this guy and you went with this dude. Now, Karabi is probably not as pretty as Vince, so I get it, okay? But that's my thing on Vince. Piercy, I, just even on tape, I, I can get through out of the cellar all the way through. There's not another album I can get all, all the way through because it's not all good, right? So I can't do it. If it wasn't for Warren, I don't listen to Rat at all. I have not heard one Piercy solo song and don't have any interest in it at all. So uh, he doesn't hit my ear right. Axel could have been one of my favorite singers of all time if he wasn't such an ass, right? Like the minute he got known, he immediately started showing. Remember showing up to shows late two hours and shit like that? It's like, dude, what are you doing? Just be the rock star you want to be. You know, put foils on windows like Peter Chris is doing and drink all you want like Ace is doing, but you're not going to be an asshole, right? Show up. And uh, I did the same thing. I thought it, it's so easy. I thought it was two different singers. Brownstone, I thought it was two different singers, Yeah. right? I'm like, wow, that guy's got a lot of range. And I think that's when I really realized that rock singers could have range too. Like I was listening to Bruce, but Bruce wasn't doing the low, high, low, high. It wasn't until really Axel and Miljenko when I found out, oh, you can do both. Right. There's people out there that can do that. Well, so we know you don't like Vince and Steven, but do you agree that they're two very unique voices? Uh, yeah, that's why I turn them off. <laughs> Luckily, I can pick it out of a crowd and go, no thanks. <laughs> Man, that's a shame because that last Stephen Piercy solo record was uh, really good. No I, thanks. That could have been a flat out rat record in my opinion. Please share three more of yours. These three wipe the other three away completely. These three are 1,000% better than the three we just talked about. Again, not a competition. It's about whether or not they're unique. I, I keep having to explain that to you. You're a little slow sometimes, so yeah. I'm trying to help you out. You only believe it's not a competition because you're losing. That's why. <laughs> but anyway. I don't like your jerk-off name. I don't like your jerk-off face. I don't like your jerk-off behavior. And I don't like you jerk-off. My last three non-rock, the first one I wanted to share was Lenny Kravitz. I enjoy some of the music. I don't enjoy a ton of it. I especially love the stuff in the early 90s. He's become a little more political pride now. He's not exactly one of my favorite artists of all time, but that whole 70s, 80s rock, funk, soul mix that he does with his music is definitely a cool vibe. But all that doesn't matter if you don't have the flexibility in your voice to be able to pull it off. And he does. He's got this uncanny ability. He's got part rasp, 
part soul, part rock, part bite. There's a, a little aggression when he needs it. It's like a controlled range. Like if you listen to songs like Fly Away, there's a lower pitch. If you listen to It Ain't Over It Till It's Over, it's like a higher pitch. But then he kind of controls the craziness so he doesn't get too annoying and he doesn't push it too far. He tries to keep his falsetto a little breathy so it's not too, I guess, treble, if that makes sense, that it has a little bit of soul to it. And I think it just kind of sets him apart. Like I can pick Lenny out of a crowd when he's singing. There's no doubt about it. My next one 
is John Waite. And, you know, you might know John Waite from Bad English, The Babies. He's got a ton of solo stuff out there. He's been out there since 1975. I call him the talk singer. He's one of the few that can pull it off, right? Neil Sean has called him a talk singer. And that's just because he's he's got this, like, vocal melody, vocal phrasing style that almost sounds like he's singing poems, almost like reading and singing poems at the same time, if that makes sense. The tone of his voice, though, has got this kind of soothness that I would describe as white soul crooner type. It's not exactly Peter Cetera, but there is some crooning in there. Now, normally what happens when a guy like this with a unique voice does covers, I absolutely hate it. Because normally what happens is you'll have somebody that does a cover that's got a unique voice and they can't really bring the flavor of the original along with it, so they completely lose me. Mark Torian, we talked about him. He did Faithfully. Remember, he did Faithfully. I'm like, oh, dude, come on. Stop doing Journey songs. <laughs> right? Like, I get it. You're trying. I get it. You can sing, but you can't sing that song. You know, so there's just some things. But I saw him, I saw um, John Waite live November 2019 in a casino in Milwaukee. So less than two years ago. He did Change, which is one of his songs. And, and some of this was acoustic and some of this was plugged in. Did All Along the Watchtower, which was amazing. Midnight Rendezvous, Tears, which is a, a song actually written by Vinnie Vincent. Best of What I Got, Head First, which is his Missing You, of course. Then he did a great version of Whole Lot of Love. You would think that if you know John Waite, you're like, he's singing Led Zeppelin tunes? Dude, it was an amazing version. But I think Waite's one of those guys that if your ear can tune to it, then you'll get hooked. If he's annoying to you, you have a hard time getting past it. Kind of you and Piercy. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. And then my third one that I wanted to share that was non-rock is one of my favorite singers of all time. No BS here. Daryl Hall has a voice. That's why he has so many hits. Because he's got a voice that pleases everybody. And people can't, if you ask people, what is it about Daryl Hall's voice that you like? They can't quite pinpoint it because there's this incredible mix of Philly soul. There's a little pop. There's a little R&B in there. He used to do temptation songs. He can combine like a falsetto and then transition it to his normal voice all in one word while he's singing the melody, which is just absolutely outstanding. The guy can do vocal runs anytime he wants, ad-libs well. Uh, I'll tell you, I've seen Hall & Oates 30 times live. It's, he's impossible to sing along with live because he's never sang the melody the same way. He just kind of it just kind of goes through him, and he does what he does, and you're trying to sing along and you can't do it. I can't go for that, no. I will tell you when I tried to be a singer, I was, I had aspirations of being a singer in my life. You know, I had no talent. That's beside the point, but I had aspirations. This was the guy I was trying to mimic. This was the guy I was trying to sing because there was something about him that completely connected to me. I'm a huge Hall & Oates fan. And as far as I'm concerned, Daryl Voice, one of the best voices of our generation. There's a reason why he's called the blue-eyed soul brother, Right. Of course. If he's the blue-eyed soul brother, what would Sonny Pooney had been called had he been just as good a singer? The brown rocker. <laughs> <laughs> the brown noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I love all three of those guys. Lenny Kravitz, John Waite, Daryl Hall. I don't know that I would be able to pick them out anywhere. Uh, and if I could, it probably would be more familiarity than it would necessarily uniqueness. But I think they're three great uh, singers. Uh, out of those two, obviously, uh, I'm more 
acquainted with Lenny Kravitz and Daryl Hall because I do listen to both of those quite a bit. John Waite, not so much, but I'm a huge Babies fan, so I like a lot of that stuff. I'm just only a hits guy as far as his solo career. And then you got the bad English stuff on top of that. Uh, so, But they're all three good. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. So we're going to take a few minutes out from the episode to recognize the group of folks at the Growing Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group. Every week we go to these guys and we talk about topics, and I can't wait to get their take on who they think unique singers are. Sonny thinks we're going to get the phone book. I'm going to try to streamline it a little bit and see what they come up with, but it'll be interesting to hear from those guys right before the release of this episode or right after the release of this episode, I should say, because I want to get their feedback on it. But come on over to the Grown Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group and join. It's a private group, and we usually talk about the podcast, the episodes, things that are going on. We share concerts and new bands and things like that. It's a good group of people. It's pretty positive. There's almost zero poison, not the band, but the toxic talk that goes on in a lot of Facebook groups that uh, happens there. So good group of people. So come on over to the Grown Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group and join up today. Talk about rock and roll. Now let's get back to the topic at hand. So I'm going to start off this and share a couple of non-hard rock and metal singers that I think are unique that I could pick out of a lineup on the radio. One is going to be Michael McDonald. I'm a huge Steely Dan fan, Doobie Brothers. Michael McDonald's voice was in the background of so many hit singles in the 70s. He was a yacht rock staple for guys like Kenny Loggins and Steely Dan. I just love his tone. It's so freaking warm. It just, it's hard to believe that that voice just comes out of somebody. It just sounds so awesome to me and so warm. And I absolutely love Michael McDonald's voice. And yeah, slow your roll. I get it. Yamo be there. Yamo listen to some Michael McDonald because I like his voice. So there you go. That's what I was thinking. Yamo be there. Yamo be there. Yamo listen to some Michael McDonald because I like him. Uh, And then next up on the list is Don Henley from the Eagles. Don Henley has done so many. He's got to be one of the best singing drummers out there, along with guys like Phil Collins and Dean Castronova and some of those guys, just amazing drummers that sing really well. And Don Henley's voice just has a unique quality to it, a little bit of rasp that I like, yet it's still so clean and not only all the amazing Eagles hits that he's sung, but a lot of his solo stuff, just really, really good. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Don Henley and Michael McDonald both, and I think that I could pick them out of any radio. McDonald, yeah, I can pick him out of a crowd because of that. I don't know if it's 
he smoked too much in his life or he got punched in the gut before he started singing. I don't know exactly what it is that makes him sing the way he sings, um, but definitely can pick him out. Henley, I can't. Glenn Fry, I can for some reason. Really? Henley, I can't for some reason. Wow. There's something about Glenn Fry, how he phrasing some of the stuff that he says that I can pick up on him better than I can pick up on Henley. Hmm. Interesting. But uh, both great singers. Love yeah. them. Share two rock ones. Uh, again, one of my favorite singers of all time, Sammy Hagar, right? And it's the vocal tone. It's the raspy scream. It's the ability to do a ballad and a rock song. He can get annoying at times, and I'm going to say the other side, and then he tries not to do too much. Like, he could do more of it if he wants, but sometimes, you know, I get it. Uh, hey! Huh. You know, like in the middle, yeah, that's all him. Uh, okay, you could call them transitions. They're unique, right? Uh, I've called Joan Jett the female Sammy Hagar. She does stuff similar, right? I can pick Sammy's voice out anywhere, and that's because it's a great rock, raspy voice. He cannot do a cover to save his life. Every cover I've heard has sounded odd to me. It's not saying bad. It just doesn't sound right. So I've heard him do Led Zeppelin tunes. I'm like, dude, you ain't no Robert Plant. Like you should maybe stop doing that. Like do, do other things. Just do your own songs. Like don't, don't try to do other people's songs. It's not a good idea. Like, cause it's just too different. And he doesn't, he doesn't have a way to mimic somebody else's voice. So he just does what he does. But I uh, love Sammy. Digging a little bit deeper, I went with Jason McMaster from Dangerous Toys, Broken Teeth. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, when casual fans, when fans who don't know what L.A. sleaze rock is, what they're picturing the vocalist sounds like is who Jason McMaster is. This is what people don't like about sleaze hard rock. It's the nasal. It's the super rasp. It's that I'm going to go nasally to get the second set of rasp I can get. It's the yelp when he screams. It's not what you would call a sultry voice. Let's put it that way. Then you kind of couple that with stuff he's doing in teasing, pleasing, which is very David Lee Roth, right? And he's kind of scatting a little bit. He can pull that off. So he's got a little bit of it when he wants it. But reality is he is a sleaze, fun, rock song type singer. But that nasal is undeniable to me.
What people don't know about Jason McMaster is that he is a real chameleon. And what I mean by that is that Jason can sing so many different styles and does. He must have 10 tribute bands, everything from ACDC to Metallica to, you know, his own bands like Broken Teeth and uh, Watchtower and Dangerous Toys and has a really interesting voice. I mean, to your point, yeah, he's got a very unique voice and he can do a lot of things with that voice. Sammy is Sammy. Uh, yeah, I could probably pick Sammy out of the lineup uh, at this point because I'm a fan of, of Sammy Hagar, not as big a fan as Sonny is, but uh, a fan in my own right. And so both unique singers. Uh, but Jason McMaster is definitely one that hits home with me. What do you think about these unique singers trying to do covers? Like, you, do you really want to hear Michael McDonald sing Ain't Talking About Love? <laughs> Not that in particular. What I don't mind guys like Michael McDonald doing is some of the old R&B classics and things like that. Like, that doesn't bug me. When Rod Stewart, another unique voice, when Rod Stewart did the... Um, classic standards record it didn't bother me i mean it's not necessarily my thing and i don't need to listen to it every day but i thought it was done well and he did a good job with it does that make sense yeah to me that is anybody who's got a nice soothing voice can be a crooner mm -hmm. right that's what that is to me but if michael mcdonald was i don't know uh influenced by black sabbath i just don't see him pulling off ozzy doesn't mean michael sucks it's just, I don't know if all covers are made for all people. No, a hundred percent agree with that. A thousand percent agree with that. I don't want to go too far off subject here, but you mentioned Ozzy. I really, really don't think Ozzy is a great singer. That being said, there is nobody that can sing like Ozzy. He is so freaking unique in the way he phrases things and the way he sings. And no, I don't think he's slurring every word. <laughs> and that's what makes it unique. I just think he's a really unique singer. And, and for whatever reason, when somebody covers an Ozzy song or a Sabbath Ozzy era song, they can't do it quite right. Doesn't mean they're doing it bad. They just can't. You know what I mean? It just doesn't sound quite like that for whatever reason. Uh, yeah, they haven't snorted enough ants. <laughs> they haven't drank enough vodka. Like you got to, you got, you got to be a, a little shaking a little bit when you sing Ozzy. Like there's got to be a little bit. Yeah, it's it's really really interesting. Let me share three more non-rock names. And this first one, I'm not a fan at all. I absolutely can't stand to listen to this guy sing for the most part. However. This guy's voice is so freaking unique that when you hear it, you know it's him singing, and that's Bob Dylan. I don't know why Dylan became such a huge megastar. Maybe it was the 60s. Maybe it was poetry because he's known a lot for the poetry in his songs. Maybe it's songwriting. I don't know if there's a Bob Dylan song out there that I don't actually like by the person that covers it meaning that I actually like it by somebody else, but not Bob Dylan, if that makes sense. Uh, I do actually like that song Stuck in the Middle that uh, he does with the band Steeler's Wheel, but again, just not a great vocalist at all. I just don't get 
Bob Dylan. That's just me personally. I respect him, just don't get him. Tom Petty. Early on in my years, I was not a Petty fan. I couldn't stand Petty's voice. And I know a lot of people don't like Petty's voice. However, over the years, I've really grown to be a big Tom Petty fan. And I get past his voice because I love the songs that much. Anytime you hear Tom Petty, you know it's Petty. He just has that unique voice. And in a lot of ways, he has a lot of the same qualities that Bob Dylan has. Uh, So a lot of the things that I hate about Dylan, I, for whatever reason, got past with Petty and just, you know, gravitated more to the music than I did with Dylan. With Dylan, I don't really like the music or Dylan's voice. With Petty, I like the music. The Heartbreakers were a good band. I like Tom Petty's music. And then last but not least, maybe one that you're not as familiar with, and that is the female singer Macy Gray. Macy Gray has this beautiful, smoky quality to her voice that sounds so good. And that first debut album that she put out, I absolutely loved. It's an R&B sort of, ah, it's more R&B than it is hip hop, but it's just a really, really good pop record. And she just has such a unique voice and quality to her voice, that smoky kind of raspy sound. And I could hear her and pick her out of a lineup. So those are my three. A Dylan. (laughs) Most people don't like his voice. Somebody (laughs) likes this guy because he's a megastar. Yeah. It's the matter of, he wrote some great songs and I think it was a lot of drugs involved. That's what it is. I think the sixties. Yeah, this guy comes out in the 90s. He didn't sell two albums. Like, I, I don't know. But all those people at this point are off drugs. They can't possibly still be doing drugs at this point. So they're off drugs and they still like him. Yeah, but it connects you. Like, I'm off liquor, but I still listen to all the bands I was listening to when I was drunk. <laughs> it connects you. Um, So I'm not the biggest Dylan fan. Yeah, I could pick him out of a crowd. Petty is basically two steps above Dylan. He sounds just like Dylan to me with a better voice. So I did listen to a lot of Tom Petty in my life. And you've heard me say, I don't understand what the big deal is about Tom Petty. The guy don't look that great and he don't sound that great. I don't understand what the big deal is. That is songs. That really is songwriting. Those songs are good. Those Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker songs are good. He whines a lot. So he, he's a tough listen for me, but I can't pick him out of a crowd. I don't listen to a lot of Macy Gray. I have listened to some the last few days. I, I'm like, oh, I remember that song. Oh, mm-hmm. I remember that song. And I was trying to mimic her voice. I got close, right? There's a, there's a uh, interesting like vibrato and like this thing where she's almost like controlling the amount of breath that's coming out of her throat, right? To try to keep it kind of soothing. It's like not annoying, but it could be, it's like a step away from annoying. It's like a hazy, smoky feel to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she sounds like she's singing with her jaw wired shut. <laughs> <laughs> right. But she sounds great. Don't get me wrong. But it's just, that's the weirdness about the Tracy Chapman's of the world and some of those unique singers that they're like one step away from like, I almost can't listen to you, but you're all right. You know, just stay where you're at. You're all right. You know, but, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the Macy Gray stuff I heard. That was pretty good. Cool. So give us three more hard rocking singers from your uh, catalog. All right. So, uh, I went with three fairly different style of singers here. Uh, first one I want to talk about is Eric Martin, uh, Mr. Big. He's got a ton of solo stuff out there. If you don't know it, here is a guy who sings rock. 
that is really a crooner. And reality is he's probably wasting his voice a little bit in rock. He should be out there crooning in Vegas. He's done it in Japan. He's made a ton of money doing it. But there is this soulful in his voice that I can pick up right away. There's some band in uh, Sweden, Avantasia. He's part of that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Avantasia, I didn't know who all the singers were. I'm just listening to this album because they released something. I'm like, oh, that's Eric Martin. I mean, that was like, it was immediate. He has some cover albums out there. And there is a cover that he does of Beautiful by Christina Aguilera. Uh I heard the hum, two seconds of a hum. I'm like, that's Eric Martin. Like it was easy to pick out for me that now it might be the familiar piece, but once you hear it, it is different than what you normally hear in rock. He has the ability though, to punch out a rock voice when it's absolutely needed. But then I've heard him do Sinatra stuff that will just blow you away. And he's got an emotion to his voice that absolutely works. So give him a try. If you haven't heard Eric in a while, really listen to what he's doing. And I think you'll hear a lot of soul in his voice. You don't hear in a lot of rock singers. No bumpkin. Going from a guy (laughs) who's got a lot of soul to his voice to a guy who's more professionally trained. And that is Tony Harnell of TNT. Dude, that guy can hit notes that you ain't heard before. Mother won't 
breaks glasses. And they're clean, high notes. Michael Sweet can hit high notes. They're not always clean. Harnell is super clean. This guy can sing the phone book. I've heard him do Marvin Gaye songs that had no high pitch to them. And the guy's chameleon, you wouldn't even know it was him. When he, I heard him do a, a What a Wonderful World, he's got a, a cover of What a Wonderful World out there. And, you know, he does it kind of in this high register, obviously way different than Louis Armstrong. And then at the end, he hits notes Armstrong couldn't hit with a trumpet. <laughs> like, it's not even close. And I love that version. It, it can be annoying to some people. I would tell you Harnell's voice is completely wasted in rock. He should have been doing Broadway. He should have been doing opera. He could have made him a lot of money just using some of that stuff that he's got that's just unmistakable. There is a version of 18 in Life out there. I get it. I don't want to hear anybody do those songs with Sebastian Bach. I got you. Just go try it. It's different, and it's better than Sebastian sang it. That being said, I'd rather hear Sebastian's voice too. I've been hearing it since 1990. That's why. And this came out in 2015. But the, the guy's definitely got a uniqueness. And when he hits the high note, dude, I can, I can tell immediately. And then a guy that's completely different than those two. And what I would say, another dictionary definition of sleaze, Phil Lewis from LA Guns. I think what it is, is he's from London. He has the accent sometimes. So when he's singing, it sometimes comes out. He's a little bit of a talk singer. Not as bad as John Waite, but he can be. And it's like singing one line at a time, doesn't hold too many notes. It's a little bit of a whine. It's a little bit of a sleaze. But sometimes it works against him when he's doing covers because it's too unique and he can't really mimic somebody else's vocal melody. But then you'll hear him do like smooth voice when he's doing, you know, more of the ballad type songs. So it's hard to believe that some of the ballads that he sings and then singing sex action is the same guy until you really start listening. And I think it's hints of his accent coming through or the way that he's pronouncing some of the American words I'll say. And then the screams, he's more whiny than he is raspy. So that's a little unique in its own way. So what do you think about those three? Uh, well, all three great singers. Well, two of them are great singers. The other one is, is a little different. I'll say, uh, the funny thing is that when I first looked at your list for whatever reason, I didn't see Phil Lewis. I saw Tony Lewis of the outfield. (laughs) (laughs) Is he unique? I don't know. I I love the outfield. I love Tony Lewis, but I don't know how unique he is. (laughs) So I just didn't read that all the way through. Now I see, yeah, Phil, Phil Lewis, LA guns. I got it. Yeah. You know, Phil has an interesting voice and yeah, you're right. It is pretty unique. I'm not sure that I could pick out Tony and Eric as amazing of singers as they are. I don't know that there's a uniqueness in their voice to me personally that I could pick out of a lineup. Uh, But I agree with everything you said in terms of the qualities of their voice. And, you know, Eric Martin definitely has a soul uh, feel to his voice. And Tony just, yeah, he can shred glasses with his voice. So, uh, you know, good selections for sure. Uh, But are they just familiar selections? That's the question. Yeah, I think it depends on how much you've heard them. So maybe it is familiar. Like for Eric Martin, for instance, if you really listen He's kind of got a halting way of vocal phrasing. 
So a lot of the times a unique voice is the tone, right? Or is the resonance or the vibrato in their voice. To me, a lot of the times it's vocal phrasing. It's the way they say a word and I can, oh, that's so-and-so. Like, that's why I'm like, let me hear a chorus here. I need to pick up a word. And if I pick up the word, I can know who it is. So before we wrap up, you know, we got to connect it to Kiss. You wanted the best, but you got the best. The hottest band in the world, Kiss! It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So for the historic moment, well... We're going to talk unique voices. we got to talk Ace Fraley. <laughs> he's, not exact, he's not exactly Pavarotti, but he does have a tone that's listenable, unique, quirky. Some say he sings a little bit behind the beat, and that's what makes him unique. So check out this song from 78 solo album, Wiped Out.
This is the rock world's Bob Dylan. <laughs> Ace Frehley, I just figured it out. Ace Frehley is the Bob Dylan of the rock and roll world, the hard rock world, right? Would you sort of agree? You see where I'm going with that? Yeah, he just, uh, it's just, there's a quirkiness to him. I honestly, I could listen to Ace all day. As long as I'm listening to the right songs, like I can't listen to Anomaly all day. Don't get me wrong. He's written some shit. But if I was just to listen to like Fraley's comment, second sighting and his 78 solo album and trouble walking like on loop. Oh yeah. I could listen to Ace for five hours. That's easy because he's fun, right? He doesn't take himself too seriously. And there is, yeah, that you asked me once, is Ace a good singer? I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. I think he's unique. I don't think he's the worst singer in Kiss. <laughs> he's very Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, honestly, in the way that he sings his technique and stuff. He's just, he's different for sure. And, you know, honestly, when you look at Kiss as a whole, Paul, Gene, Peter, and Ace, they all have pretty unique voices. I mean, Peter sounds just like Rod Stewart to me. He has that raspiness, uh, smokiness voice. Paul is completely unique and Gene the same and Ace the same. So there, there are four very unique voices in that band to me personally. Yeah, I think Peter, to me, sounds more like Bob Seger than probably Rod Stewart, but I'm comparing him to 80s Rod Stewart, not 70s Rod Stewart. Yeah. Right? So I've, l- I've listened to a lot more 80s Rod Stewart. <laughs> this subject in its entirety. Dude, there's, you know, we could have stuck with the Ozzies and the Alice Coopers and the Mile Kennedys, the Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Like, there's easier ones to pick. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. You could say Sting. You could say Adam Levine. There's folks out there that they're just, they're pretty unique. You know, are they absolutely original? I don't know if I could call him original. Prince to me, I love his voice. Prince to me, his voice is not super unique because there are other singers in that genre that have had that voice. Were they as good as Prince and were they as, um, I guess, had the same range? Maybe not, but you could compare, you know, you could combine two or three guys and probably come up with a person that could sing like Prince. They probably can't write songs like Prince. That's a whole different situation. But uh, yeah, the uniqueness thing and the quirkiness thing, it all depends on sometimes tone. And like I said, to me, a lot of the times it's vocal phrasing. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And honestly, just since we started doing this episode, I mean, a bunch more came to mind. Again, when I came up with this uh, this topic, the idea was, you know, you would be able to pick them out of a lineup on the radio, uh, whether they were singing the song they're famous for or not, just singing something completely different. So that was the original idea behind it. Uh, and I'm interested to hear from the people in the Loud Minority Facebook group what they come up with, because I'm going to put that post out there once this episode's released and just... I'm curious to see what names they come up with because you're right. There are a whole lot of singers that are easy picking. And truthfully, I pick some pretty easy ones with Vince and Axel. To me, those are pretty right up front, you know, but we'll see what people come up with. That's a good little episode though. Yeah. We appreciate all the feedback, you know, the last few episodes, well, lots, I would say the last eight or 10 weeks, I would say there's been many, many episodes where we've asked for your feedback and the listeners have been great in giving us feedback. We truly appreciate it and uh, keep it coming. And once again, we appreciate our new sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped.com. They have all of your, let's say, male grooming needs 
So go out there and check them out. Get 20% off plus free shipping with promo code rock and roll. Your balls will thank you, right? That's the theme. So we appreciate their sponsorship with this show. Thanks to all the listeners. We hope this entertained you for the last hour and a half. And uh, we can't wait to hear what singers you guys come up with. So until next week, we appreciate each and every one of you guys. See ya. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.